listen, man. If you don't shoot, you won't kill it. Look here, Tom. It's like this. Bill, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. Say you're not supposed to leave elk to find elk. And could that not be any more true in this situation? This podcast is brought to you by Right to Bear. Located in Alpine, California, hit up Trent and Andrew for all your equipment, ammo, and firearm needs. Guys at Right to Bear are the best that San Diego has to offer and can line you up for success at the range or smashing that buck of a lifetime. Drew. What's up, dude? How you doing? Been really good. Finally got that red button pushed. Finally got the red button pushed. <laughs> we've, uh, we've played uh, back and forwards here for way too long. Yeah, that is. That's true, man. We've actually tried to make this happen a handful of time over the past couple months, and it just schedules never line up. Now we're in the True Duct World Headquarters, and... That's it, it done in the conference room. Exactly. Got some exciting news, man, with uh, Tricer. Yeah, all kinds of exciting news. All kinds of cool stuff going on. Yeah, I got some awesome products. Yeah. Let's hear it, man. I'm, I'm sure the listeners want to know what's going on with Tricer and what you got going on, dude. What's going on with Tricer? So what? Uh, we started this thing almost four years ago now. Yeah. Been working on this. Yep. And uh, through all those years, we finally developed the GTP-1. We launched it in June, and it is... Uh, pretty revolutionary man it's pretty awesome so it is a fully functioning tripod sit to stand weighs 19.7 ounces and can do anything any other tripod can do using two trekking bulls as legs yeah i saw the weight picture yeah i put a 45 pound plate on this thing and it holds it no problem so 20 ounce tripod holding up 45 pounds so uh anyone who wants to know if uh they could trust uh, their trekking poles to hold their glass up yes yeah. And you know what trips me out about that is when people go, oh, well, how much weight could that hold? It's like, dude, they're trekking poles. Yeah. You know, like how much weight have you ever put on your back and hiked up a mountain? Yeah. <laughs> that's how it, People are going to be critics no matter what. But yeah, that's one of the big things I get is like, wow, well, never trust my trekking poles to hold my optics. And it's like, but you trust your trekking poles to hold, hold a hundred pound pack out of the backcountry. Right. So yeah, they're strong. The, yeah, they're strong. absolutely. Well, <laughs> and you'd never use your tripod to, to as a trekking pole. No, right? no, absolutely <laughs> so, not. I, I, uh, when I saw that picture, not that I was skeptical at all, but when you're like, ah, oh, people are asking about weight and then you're just like, ah, uh, you sent me that picture. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a lot of weight. It was a 45 pound plate, dude. Yeah. Hanging from the bottom of this thing. Yeah. I took it like 10 different times cause I kept like wanting to make sure that no one thought I was like trying to Photoshop it. In yeah. There. <laughs> I, I ain't kidding you, man. That much weight on it. It, um, I mean, I don't know what the standard like you always read, right? You read on tripods, you're like 12 pounds, you know, like max weight, 12 pounds, whatever it is. And I looked at the picture and it's hanging a 45 pound plate. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that max weight thing's obviously for like glass and stuff, but yeah, I was having I fun it. with it. It was this tripod right here. I might use my personal tripod to do it. Yeah. And I was just like, take mine. So it's the same one sitting in front of us with the tripod I use for it. And everything's tip top shape. So running it today. I mean, dude, you could easily throw a BTX up on top of that. All day long. Yeah. Any, anything you can throw on any tripod, you can put on this tripod. Yeah. This tripod's uh, it's pretty money, man. I'm, I'm impressed with it. Um, like I said, I mean, it took me years to develop, but I knew when I started this whole journey that I would get get here, and yeah. here I am. I mean, it's got the carbon fiber center post, the carbon fiber leg, the uh, locking locking legs. Yeah. I took everything I liked in every other tripod and put it into this one, right? Like there's certain, like I lock on, like on the Suryu tripods, they have uh 
a push button lock like that for the locks. Right. So I put that on here. But I mm -hmm. like on the slick tripod how the uh, the, the center post is on yep. the top. So I put that on the top. So I kind of took all these, everything I like about tripods, right? Because tripods are made for photography, not for hunting. Correct. Right? Correct. So I was building hunting tripods. So what do I want right. in my perfect hunting tripod? And that's what I have here. Yeah. And that's I, what I built is everything that I want in a tripod. And same thing with, uh, I guess we can keep going into what we got. We got the GTP one. Mm -hmm. Um, we have tracking poles coming out this month. Correct. Took everything I want in a tracking pole and put it into the tracking pole, right? Fully three uh, K carbon fiber, uh, natural cork grips, um, with down grips on them as well. So when you're going up a hill, you don't have to adjust your tracking pole down, which is super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> grab down. Aluminum latches, right? Cause I, my favorite trekking poles up until now were the Leckies. But Leckies is a, a plastic latch, so I mm. actually carry extra ones in my pack because I kept breaking you them. You kept breaking them? Yeah, yeah. So I broke a bunch of times. Oh, man. So I went with the same design but aluminum. And then uh, carbide tips come with a bunch of different baskets. So those yeah. will be out here, uh, I think, September, beginning of September. Right. Um, and then we got, obviously, the bio adapters out now, too. Yeah, yeah. which so, is a hit. Which is a insane hit like we sell probably 10 of those things a day people are buying them up loving them um 45 bucks you get a bino adapter that's fully arca swiss compatible right um normally you buy a bino adapter and it comes like a skinny little stud mount on it and you got to buy an adapter plate and screw it onto adapter plate correct so you gotta buy an adapter for your adapter mm -hmm. it comes with one stud yep. so you gotta go buy an extra stud for 20 bucks so yep. i just said you know let's just make this thing one piece so you don't need an adapter for your adapter and i'll give you two 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 bino studs because you know, it cost me a couple bucks, but you guys get two studs get instead two. of having to buy yep. an extra one for 20 bucks. Because, I mean, maybe it's just my style. A lot of guys like like spotting scopes. Yeah. But I like running 15s and 10s. Yeah. So I like having two binos. So mm -hmm. it's like, why not just give them two screws? Well, that that is, um, that's like the argument, right, between guys. Some guys like running 15s or even like those new 18 UHDs from Razor. Mm -hmm. And then they have 10s, right? Yeah. I, ideally for me... I would love to have like a set of like a set of tens of the NL peers and the eighteens or a set of twelve NL peers and my spotter, right? Yeah. But the reality is is I mean, you're gonna dump three thousand dollars in a set of NL peers, right? And you'd have six thousand dollars wrapped up. In glass, if you were to get NLPR 10s and then, like, SLC 15s, whatever. You know, you'd have a ton of money wrapped up into this stuff. So, yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, it's, I don't know. The argument is just in regards to that is, like, you like to run two separate, you know, sets of binos. Yeah. I like to run a spotter just specifically because I like that magnification, mm -hmm. right? I would like the idea, or I like the idea of running two sets of glass. Mm -hmm. I really do because two eyes are better than one. I don't care what anyone says, you know? It's just, I don't know, I get eye fatigue quite a bit on it. Yeah, so I run my personal setup on my chest is a 10 by 42 the SIG Kilos. Mm -hmm. So those are also range-finding binoculars with ballistics in them. Okay. So that way all my ballistics are right there. So I could punch that thing. It's dialed into my two, whatever say, gun yeah. I'm shooting. You got your load It gives you my dope right yep. there in my in the knocker so I can, like last year we killed a buck at 385. My kid did with his 308. Right. Hit the buck. It told me to come up, whatever it was, yeah. you know, six MOA, brought him up six MOA, freaking stone cold killer, right. killed the buck. I, I'm ruining a story I'm going to tell in a minute. But, <laughs> but then, so that, so I got, so now I'm combining my range finder, my ballistics, and my binoculars in my chest mm -hmm. right there. So I don't have to have an extra range finder. Right. And then I run the 15s because the 15s are just killers. I love yeah. the SLC 15s. I mean, they're just, they're just incredible. Right. I find animals all day long. Um, 
I mean, the only time you really run into problems with them, I guess, mule deer or coos bucks far away. If you're really into like counting points, right. it's it's. You, I know it's a buck. I know it. Like, yeah. That looks like something I want to shoot. I'm not at the stage of my career where I'm like, okay, that's yeah. a. I don't. I want to shoot a 360. That's only a 350. So I'm like, oh, if I see something I like, I'm like, I'm gonna go kill that. Go shoot know, it, I'm gonna yeah. go shoot it. So um, so I love the 15s. I'm going to hunt oak in Oregon this year. Right. And. You don't need more than that. Like, no. you see a bull, you know it's a bull. You go kill the yeah, bull. Yeah, I yellow school bus, giant antlers on the head. I like the aspect that your bino adapter comes with two studs, though. Yeah. Um, specifically, if I was to run two sets of glass, I would hate to have to go buy another stud. Yeah. Right? A lot because, you know, I I always tell people, you know, believe it or not, the shit's expensive. Yeah. It all adds up. And the last thing when you tell your old lady, hey, I'm gonna spend two thousand bucks on a set of glass. Oh, by the way, I have to buy this and that. Oh, really? You know, that's yeah. a hard sell, you know? So it, it's one of those things. I like how you do that, though. I like how you give them yeah. two studs. Well, my new thing is I just tell my wife, I say, well, I have a hunting company, so it's like I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I have to do <laughs> I this. I have to buy two sets of Kenetrax. I, mm-hmm. bought, I bought two set of Kenetrax this year. I bought the Mountain Extreme Insulated. Right, right. And then I bought a set of Hard Scrabbles, so $900 bill right there. But yeah. Well, but I, I have to, though, because, you know, as a hunter, you know, somebody owns a hunting yeah. company, I need to do it. But she doesn't buy it. No, uh, of course I would not. say, so up on that tripod there is a set of uh, the 12s, 12 by 50s, mm-hmm. the Vipers. The Vipers. So if I if I was, like, getting into hunting, or I just want to, if I had to run one binocular only, I think 12s would be where I was at. Like That's if, a, I, if I had to pick one binocular, like, you know what, I'm getting into hunting, what binocular should I buy? Go buy a set of those 12 by 50 Vipers yeah. for 600 bucks. Yeah. They're good mid-range glass. They're going to be phenomenal. Dude. You don't need to go spend two grand to mm-hmm. start. Um, and then you don't have to have two pairs of knockers, right? You yep. got the good in between. Um, my issue with 12s is glassing offhand. Yeah. But I almost never glass offhand. I never do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, never. I'll stop and look with my 10s, yeah. right? But I'm always, when I sit down, I'm on a tripod or but, on dude, something to stabilize. If I'm not walking... I'm on a I'm on a tripod. Yeah. Bottom line, dude. There's just no way it it people. Oh well, that's not enough time. Like you're wasting time, right? Like you could. But listen, I mean, it takes you a minute to set up and sit down to look yeah. at what you need to look at. And so what? Maybe you glass that canyon, right? Yeah. Spend some time in glass that you might miss something that you wouldn't. You know what yeah. I mean? I I'm just never an offhand guy. I yeah. just don't like it. I I mean, I will obviously if we're trying to get somewhere. I don't want to look at something. Obviously, offhand is. Yeah, well, I'm always stopping. Do. I'm always stopping and looking. I'm always stopping and glassing. And if I'm sometimes, you might be still hunting an area, or going slow, mm-hmm. and grab your binoculars. You know, yeah, go twenty steps, take your knockers out, look around. Um, but that's cool about having kids. To your eyes, I'm always trying different stuff. So actually, this son who's running these twelves this year, mm-hmm. um, I had him running eights for the last year because I was like, you know, I think I want to try running eights and see how right. I like it. But he hated it. And I didn't really, like it he didn't like it. The eights. But you guys didn't like them. Well, they're cool, but not off a tripod or, you know, they're great mm-hmm. for offhand. So, mm-hmm. like, if I were to go hunt um, Oregon or hunt thick stuff, right. they're phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're light. You can gloss offhand. They're not, they're stabilized. Um, good for that. But if you're hunting, you know, even San Diego, it's pretty open. Yeah. You know, you're, you're glossing, you know, pretty good distance. Yeah, yeah. They're not the best versus throwing them on some 12s, you know, yeah. see a little more. I, I always tell people if you can afford the, the Vipers, get the Vipers. They're like the best mid range out there. Oh yeah, for, for mid range, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, like we've done the whole crossfire thing with the boys. Yeah, and it's just cheap glass. Yeah, um, I think the Vipers are a good mid range knocker. So if you're looking for one binocular, get yourself a twelve by well, set of twelves and Vipers, and you're good to go. And it it literally will pay for itself if you save a couple extra hundred dollars and just buy the Vipers specifically because if you drop them, 
if you run them over, whatever happens, you just send them in, dude, and they will send you a brand new pair back. Yep. So, and, and I want to say, like, last year on Black Friday, they were $300. Oh dang, dude! They were like, like it was six fifty for those. Dude, it was like <laughs> I don't know if they. I know it was the tens were like three hundred dollars for on Black Friday and like Bass Pro or something. Whatever it was, I'd seen the actual ad, and yeah. they were they were the Vipers. Yeah, they're good. It's good glass. And oh, like it's I said, great. Those twelves yeah. are a great mid range. Like, I ran them for years. Tens, you don't have to have fifteens. Get those twelves. Twelves are perfect. Throw them on a tripod. You're gonna find everything you want to find. Dude, when you what made you what made you go from the the twist lock legs instead of the snap legs like the you know that. The little clip over lock. You know what I mean? For the for the trekking poles? Yeah. No, uh for your tripod. For the GTP one. Oh, I just like that style. You can do it one handed. It's yeah. super easy. It, it's this is you know, I made them big. They're like big one inch uh, right. twist locks for the mm-hmm. tripod leg. I thought you were talking about the, the trekking pole. No, no, just for the leg. The, like you know, I hate twist locks on trekking poles. Yeah. I no. despite on a trekking pole, like if you have a twist lock, I'm like, throw that thing away. I want nothing <sighs> to do. I want to be able to clip that thing down and like mm-hmm. That's why I'm on aluminum, so you can really crank this thing put down. Put them down, When you, when you yeah. put a heavy pack on, mm-hmm. it, you get, you're going to get slippage around. So you fall hard, you slip. So using the Swiss locks especially, but if you use you know, the, the latch leg, Correct. You know, the aluminum latch, you can really crank that thing down tight, down. and you can snap that thing, and they're really and it's good. it's in there, yeah. yeah. I, I like the fact that you can adjust that single leg with one hand. That's yeah. what I like. You know, It's pretty quick, and you can lock it in super quick. Yeah, and again, if you're wearing gloves, you can get it. So if you're somewhere, you know, it's cold, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to take your gloves off to get the little latch, mess right. with it, and just, again, like I said, I just took everything that I like in a tripod, and I put it into this thing. Right. It Listen, it's dialed. I'm looking at the whole get-up right now. You know, you're try- the, those are prototype trekking poles. Yep, those are the only pair in existence until September. Dude, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good excited. deal. Well, I mean, you got some stuff in the market too, or on, on like little R and D action on it, right? As far as that uh, that top piece right there. Yeah. So I will create an awesome pan head, and it might take me a year, and it might kill me to do it, but I'm not going to bring it out until I've built something incredible. And right. I'm working on something incredible. Um, I love to have a fully functioning pan head that was under six ounces. Oof. So I'm, we're talking magnesium now and. Mm carbon fiber and just going like <laughs> like why not like i'm building i'm yeah. not like everyone like everyone runs camera pan heads correct like i'm not building the camera pan head. i'm building mm-hmm. a hunting pan head so why not like use magnesium and why yeah. not use carbon fiber why not try and make this thing light yeah and freaking super strong so you can put a spotting scope on it yeah right like a lot of guys run these giant you know you get a whatever so you buy a 32 ounce tripod mm-hmm. and you go buy a 24 ounce pan head on top it's so yeah. heavy it's super so heavy dude. i want to have a I want to have a, you know, 20 ounce tripod and make you a six ounce pan head and your whole setups, you know, 25, 26 ounces. Dude, when I, so I had, or I have a uh, old Vortex GT Pro tripod, right? Mm -hmm. Things like five pounds. You can kill a bear with it. It's good protection. Yeah, you just hit it in the head. head You know what I mean? Dude, it's so heavy. And then I stripped the pan head off of it. Like, you know what I mean? I pulled the pan, it lost, lost like a pound. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, that thing's going in the trash. You know, and then I got this cheapo little Amazon one, so I'm waiting for you to come out with yours, and we'll just throw that up on it. Hey. Yeah, we'll get there, man. It's just, this stuff doesn't make itself, and there's so much prototyping involved right. and throwing away parts and right. doing it, and it's like, I don't want to bring something. Like, I've had, like, one return in four years, right? right. And I told the guy to return, and I was like, man, this, this is not the, he bought GTB3, and he was running some, like, Hundred and something millimeter spotting scope with BTX on it. Yeah. I was like, "This is probably not the tripod for you." Right, for, right. Like, if you're, this is a backcountry tripod. You're mm-hmm. glassing out of your truck. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, everyone loves it. And I want to make something that people brag about and talk about that sells itself. I don't want to make something that you're going to buy and regret yeah. buying. Well, I, I listen, man. The, what you sell, the people that, that go after this market, they ain't, they ain't going to return it. They're going to never let it leave their side. Yeah. This is, this dude, this checks all the boxes. So we're you working know, on, man. It, we're, we're trying. It without a doubt does, dude. There's, you got a lot of time and effort. And I've been with you. <clears throat> so obviously it's no secret. Like I've known you for quite a while, right? And when this whole idea came up, I was talking to you. And I remember telling you, like, dude, let me get in on this. You know, I remember, like, let me invest in it. You're like, ah, it's still an idea. Anyways, I, yeah, it's been like five years it. now it did, that we've been developing this thing, getting it going, and it's a, uh, it's pretty neat, man. It, it's exciting. I really just get a kick out of um, building something for hunters that they like. It helps people yeah. find animals, right? I love like seeing mm-hmm. guys post off or text me or send me pictures of them using it i mean honestly socal has been so good to me yeah like through ridge to ridge and through yeah. sch like th- these socal has been so awesome for tricer just running our stuff and buying our stuff and yeah it's just neat building stuff that's going to help you find more animals and go deeper and, and yeah. do stuff right and uh all the criticism i got on this first stuff i made i i took and put into this thing and did what should be impossible and i made a 20 ounce tripod that does everything right yeah. everyone wants everyone wants everything and they want it to weigh nothing and I found a way to do it. Dude, all all of your pains and struggles pay dividends. It all it all panned out. And like that's something that like individuals, especially if you guys are new starting out, um, weight is a huge factor. And and you know, I've always said kind of like one more ridge, right? Like one more ridge. You're not saying go one more ridge, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta get up and over. Weight plays into that. Yeah. That that weight will break you. It'll physically break you and you're like your morale for that specific moment or that specific day or the rest of your trip. Like when you get worn down and you haven't been home for four days or five days, dude, like (laughs) mental toughness is, is incredible. I guess what I'm getting at is that all of it plays into that. Everything, the amount of water you carry, the amount of shit you carry on your back, weight is everything and weight will kill you out there. So yeah. if you can shave ounces, it, that's a game changer. Yeah. I always tell people that ounces add up to pounds. Yeah. Right. So you start throwing, oh, it's only six ounces. There's only, mm-hmm. whatever, it's only two pounds. Yeah. That adds up quick. So you figure two pounds in a uh, 40 pound pack is, I don't know the math on that. Well, it's I, uh, what? I don't know. It's 20%. No, 20%. No, no, not 20 It's a few percent, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more than two. It's three or 4% of your pack, mm-hmm. right? So it's just... Everything adds up. And it does. You got to be careful. And then there's things that you can't not take, right? So you're going to have food. So you say you're doing like a five day backpack hunt. You're going to have at least a pound of food a day. Absolutely. Right? You're going to have, say, there's no water in there. Say you're carrying in three gallons of water with you. There's 24 pounds right there. Yeah. <laughs> Why add a four pound tripod in there? Um, especially, San, if you're a SoCal guide hunting in San Diego, like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm packing water in again this weekend, right? I'm already yeah. into my spots. Like I'm putting three gallons back there every right. other weekend and just yeah. stashing it back there. Cause uh even if there's water there right now, it's probably not gonna be there this winter. So you water's water plays a big factor in weight in your pack. And yeah. I remember like deer camp speci- I still have water in deer camp. Like specifically water is always the the limiting factor. Right? I mean, even I mean you go, oh, okay. Like you're never more than five miles from a road here in San Diego. Like there's back backcountry spots for sure, but 
in any one direction, five miles is going to get you pretty close to a road, right? But what are you going to do when you get, if you're in a situation, right? What do you do when you get to that road? You still need water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it's not like, oh, you found road. You're going to get, you have to be able to have substance. So we pack water in, in the summertime, specifically for deer season, right? But I would hate to have to pack water in there during deer season, like on these backpack like these backcountry hunts and stuff, you know, that would, that would suck. Dude. Well, yeah. Cause now you have your rifle, you have your everything. optics, you have everything mm-hmm. in there. That's what you talk to people on, you know, these ultralight backpackers. It's like, Oh, my pack weighs 20 pounds. Well, cool. So does mine. But then I throw in a set of, uh, you know, optics, yep. a tripod, yep. a rifle, a scope, mm-hmm. you know, all this other hunting stuff, a kill but, kit. Yeah. It <laughs> all, all adds, adds on man. so fast. It's, it's almost impossible to go on a hunt. Less than 45 pounds. Right. Well, and then the thing is, too, is that, like, you might think, oh, two pounds, right? Like, you're going to save two pounds on a 35-pound pack, right? So now, instead of 35, you're 33, right? Mm -hmm. You go, oh, two pounds, you're not going to feel that when you first put your pack on, right? But it's all about how long you have that pack on, Mm -hmm. where are you going, right? If you're going to be out there stomping around all day, dude, those two pounds add up. Fast. Period. I mean, I walked into your office right now, right? And you threw this 50-degree quilt at me. Yeah. You're like, dude, feel how light that is. And I'm going, oh, man, like, that would work here. All Like, it would work great, right? Yeah. I don't know what my bag weighs. I yeah. don't. I have no. I guarantee you it isn't even that double that. So it, it ain't even double that. It's probably five times as heavy as that is. So we should go into quilts, I guess, or we stick on water. I don't know where we're at. You kind of went into the quilts. So I got into quilts like five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I am absolutely in love with the Enlightened Equipment gear. Right. So Enlightened Equipment, um, the Main USA, phenomenal bags. Uh, I run my go-to quilt for most times is a 10-degree Enlightened Equipment because I'm a kind of a puss and mm-hmm. I like to uh, not be cold. Right, right. Um, but the cool thing about a quilt is you can throw your arm out one side. You can wear half of it. You don't, you're not all sucked in there like Correct. a bag. And I'm like a... I sleep all over the place. Like I sleep my stomach on my side. I'm yeah. rolling. So when you're in a bag, you're kind of stuck in there. You are stuck. That's so one thing quilt, I found. So with you can yeah. like roll on your stomach and put your arm out and mm-hmm. throw it back. Uh, I think my t- 10-ounce quilt weighs like 22 ounces. So you're 10, 10 degree. degree. Yeah, it weighs like 22 ounces. This is a down quilt. So this one here is an Enlightened Equipment Enigma. So mm-hmm. it's a synthetic, not down, 50 right. degree. It weighs 11 ounces. Right. So it's pretty awesome. So like this weekend, I'm going to go back, back. Um, backpack in, bring some water into the spot. It's like four or five miles from the road. Right. Um, 11 ounce bag. It's perfect. And I don't need anything more than that. No. You know, as long as I have my, my shirt on and my, get yeah. my pants on, I'll, I'll be warm. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about December either. No. You know, in the back country where the storm's blown in, you yeah. know, we're talking about right now, but even yeah, I would, I would argue to say that even during rifle season, that would probably be okay. Yeah, most time, most of the you time, know. it's October's freaking hot as balls yeah, in San Diego. Anyways, you're be all right with that. You're sweating. Yeah, <laughs> I've I, killed a deer 95 degrees in October <sighs> in San Diego. Dude, it's hot. It's always hot, man. It's never cold. Yeah, pro pro tip on finding deer, San Diego, or Arizona, anywhere down here. If it's hot out, they're gonna be where it's cold. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be where it's cool. If you're sweating and you're cooking, they're not where you are. Yeah, look for the shady not. areas, man. And when you find the area that's cool, the northeast facing slopes, that's where the deer are gonna be, man. They're wearing a fur yeah. coat that's yeah. built to go down negative temperatures in 95 degree weather. They are not gonna be in Dude, the sun. You would trip last week, so today is 
the 15th, August 15th, last week, um, I was glassing, and it was like 10 o'clock, and I was looking in shade. I couldn't see any deer. Then I just flipped over to this grassy patch, and here's a buck walking straight across it, just feeding. <laughs> and it's like 90 degrees, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, oh my gosh, you know? Anyways, it moved off pretty quick, but... Yeah, generally speaking, yeah. I'm always looking in shade. I should say that you should be cooking when you're looking. Yes. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but like... But that works. Because you're going to be cooking mm-hmm. and then looking into the shade, right? Yeah. So like you're not going to be in the shade looking in the shade generally. This you're under like a little bush or yeah. something. Like you're going to be in the, the looking into the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot yeah. of times you want to look with the sun at your back, but like typically you should be looking into the sun when you're looking for deer. Correct. Um, that's where you're going to find them. That's where you're going to find them, yeah. Just, um, just so you, like it's not like like if you're comfortable you're probably not <laughs> in the right spot yeah i will i'll tell you right now man i'm i'm always at the end of season or the end of the opener for sure you know i'm just baked crab red you know yeah just I, baked kellen wears a, um like a polyester like long sleeve with yeah. a hood and i mm-hmm. start doing that too it I have works like a tan one i need one um because it's just you get cooked man and i'm cooked right now if you're on the beach all the time dude and i i hate i work in the sun every day right so it's like i always try to get out of it uh, like 99 percent of my life i'm either like if i'm not at work i'm indoors yeah unless it's hunting season and then i'm out baking because yeah. i i just man the sun just whips me man like yeah. especially with my age now like when i was in my 20s like it's no big deal like oh now i'm 35 dude it just sucks every ounce of energy out of me man yeah like it's it's bad I don't get it. But I'll tell you what, man. Lightweight is the way to go. What what backpack are you running? I run the XO, XO Mountain Gear. I, I had the K2, which I gave to my kid, and now I have the K3. And that's 3,500? My K2 is 3,500. My K3 is the 4,300 or 4,800. How do you like that? Love it. Like, I love XO's packs. Like, they're made in USA. It's expensive, but it's a phenomenal pack, and yeah. you can put so much meat on there. They just feel good. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love that pack. So that's like when I when I'm heavy. We should get into heavy pack training, I guess, a little bit. Um, when I heavy pack training, like on the weekends, mm-hmm. I'm running that pack and just stuffing that thing of over sixty pounds and running that. Pack. Are you? Oh yeah. You just run all that weight on your hips. Oh yeah. Yep, run the hips and cinch it down and. Yeah. There's no. Uh, there's no training for heavy packs unless you right. use a heavy pack. Right. Right. I'm in the gym five six days a week, mm-hmm. squatting, do all kinds of CrossFit yeah. stuff. You know, whatever. There's just no training. And then for you it. go and put a sixty pound pack on and go hike four miles, and your hips hurt, your feet hurt. Like mm-hmm. there's muscles and your, your knees hurt. There's muscles that you have to run a heavy pack on to right. get worked out. So I'm working now. I have one of those outdoorsman plate packs. Yeah, know? I was gonna say I, you sent me a picture of an outdoorsman. Yeah, I I do not like that pack. <laughs> right. <laughs> Compared to the XO at all. Right. But I use that one, so I run my not run. I hike my, my house. I live in East County. Yeah. I'm not by like any kind of mountain to hike, but I have a hill. I like Pepper Drive in East County. So it's like a straight up hill. It's like, I don't know, up and back is like a third of a mile. Right. So I'll, I have like a 45 pound plate on that. So the pack weighs like 50 pounds. Yeah. So I'll do that for a mile and a half. So like four trips up and down. Yeah. With my boots on um, like four days a week. Right. So we were beach camp at Silver Strand this yeah. week and I was doing three miles a morning every morning, just even though it was flat. With a with a weight with, with a, a weight. plate on it? Yeah, it's like a freak down the beach with my boots on. Really? <laughs> Breaking my boots in. Just getting it in, huh? Yeah, you gotta, man. Like it's yeah. like like I said, you can go and do all the squats you want, mm-hmm. you know, swing all the kettlebells you want. Mm-hmm. It's nothing compared to putting a heavy pack on. You know what's crazy is um not that because there's a lot of guys that don't do that. Mm-hmm. 
and they go out and they're just they're fine. Whatever they suck wind, it is what it is. I will I'll I'll say that like obviously you're more comfortable out there when it's hunting season if you prepare, mm-hmm. right? Like you're not going to gas out. Like your your oxygen blood content will be different, right? You'll mm-hmm. be taking in more oxygen because you're in better shape, right? I I have just found that like I see dudes out there just as far as I am or further that are like. I don't know how to say it, dude. That there's no way they're doing the shit that like I tend to do or like you're doing. Yeah. They just get out there and it's like slower is faster. Like they just yeah. go slow. Yeah, no, you can. I, I enjoy working out, I enjoy being in shape. Yeah. Like I like I like it's for mentally for me, mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like being able to put my pack on and hike my hill. Yeah. And just have my thoughts to myself. It's you good. Know, and hike. You right. know, I like going to the gym. Yeah. Um just something I enjoy. Um, and I, heavy pack training, I think like it's something you don't need to do. I start doing it about two months before season every year. Right. Like, you, I don't do it all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessary. And it's probably not great for your hips. <laughs> yeah. I, you <laughs> Carrying 60 pounds around, but it's important for me. Like we're going, uh, it's one thing to go pack one day a week. Yeah. You go do a, a seven day hunt where you're carrying around yeah. 40, 50 pounds on your back. It wears on you. It's one thing you do it one day and have a couple rest days, but when you have to do it every single day, day in, day out, yeah, you need it. Dude, speaking of these, like this backpack or backcountry, you know, preparedness, you went to the Frank Church. Yeah. How was that? I killed nothing. How, how <laughs> long did you go back for? So myself, uh, Kellen, uh, Daryl Lungpopper. Right. Right, Daryl Sloan. Mm-hmm. And uh, our buddy Vic. All, you know, I got a wild hair. I said, hey, I want to go to the Frank Church. Or Kellen texted me. He's like, hey, you know, I'd love to go to the Frank Church. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. just figured it out. And, hey, we can get tags. Here's where you get your tags at. So we all bought, uh, this is 20, we went in 2020. Yeah. So we all bought tags. We drove uh, for elk and deer. We drove from here to McCall, Idaho, in the middle of the Frank Church. Frank Church, you don't know what the Frank is. The Frank is the largest, uh, Wilderness in the lower 48. Right. Right. I mean, it's, you have to, you could hunt it from the road, but we flew in. So we drove to McCall, got on a plane, it was like 400 bucks a piece. They flew us into an airstrip in the middle of nowhere, said, see you later for eight days. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it a lot different. I would still do the same hunt, go to the same right. area. I would do it differently now. Would you? Area. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? So we went in there with like 65 pound packs. Yeah. And me and we killed a bull. Yeah. Right. Like I told Kellen, I'm like, all right, Kellen. I've, you know, I've killed these things before. They are monsters. Let's make like a two mile radius from the airstrip for where we're going to kill this thing. And Kellen looked at me and he's like, I'm killing the first legal boy. I see wherever we are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I said, <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Let's do it. Um, so we, I don't know what, like if I had to do it again, I would do a base camp at the strip and then do like two or three day spike camps out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Not do the whole, so that way I can be more mobile. Yeah. Um, so we put eight days of food in our bags, you know, 65 pounds, and hiked in eight miles from the airstrip into this area that we had e-scouted and found. Um, we did not see a deer until like day four or five. Really? But we ended up uh, eight miles from the airstrip, finding a bull, hearing a bull bugle. So we were hunting it early October, hearing a bull bugle, chasing that bull, finding the bull, not killing him. And then the next morning glassing that bull up 
about a mile and a half away, working his way up Death Mountain. This yeah. like straight up and downhill. Um, charged all the way down the ravine, then back up. When I say like you've hunted steep stuff, you've never hunted steep stuff, right? <laughs> like, right. Like, until you go like no pictures put in perspective like how steep that stuff is. Like if you tumble with your pack on, you're not going to stop tumbling until you get hit a tree or get to the bottom of these right. things. It's so steep. So we chase all the way up this ravine and catch the bull coming up and Kellen dropped him like, I think it was like 200 yards. Or something. Oh. I, I posted the video up. Yeah. Dropped this bull. Um, shot him straight. The bull was head on, shot him straight through the chest. And Perfect. Hammered him. Bull dumps over the seven mag. Mm -hmm. Tumbles down. Doesn't stop for like 500 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but again, we're eight miles yeah. from the airstrip with a now, you know, four pack load and our 65 pound camp. So, so did you guys just shuttle meat? We just shuttled meat. No, we did it in trips, like one trip, not one trip, but we did it like we didn't shuttle. So we killed the bull, cleaned the bull. And, and if anyone's ever cleaned a bull, it's like a process. We killed the bull at like probably 10 a.m. We weren't done getting the bull all processed until probably two or three. Yeah. Then we start hanging up some meat. Then we had to pack the bull down from there about a mile straight down this hill, one one trip at a time. Like we tried to do half the bull each. There's no way. Like it's yeah, just like it's just too heavy. your body's. It's just there's no way. Like yeah. I don't know what size dude you have to be. Even if you're a giant, like it's just gonna kill you. Yeah, you're not. So supposed we to. we get him to the bottom, hang that meat like thirty foot up in a tree because we're in bear country. Then hike all the way back up Death Mountain to the bull, hike that stuff down with the antlers, bring them down. Now we now at this point it's like. I don't even know, seven or eight o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to hike the first load out that night. It was the most miserable thing I've ever done. Ugh. But, but like the most incredible thing, right? Like yeah. I say all the time, and I think Cone would say the same thing that after that pack out, I now realize that I, my body capable of way more than I ever thought it was. Right. Like it was like, my body changed. Like my feet, it doesn't matter what boots you're wearing. You right. go eight miles with over hundred pounds on your back. We feet were flattened out. Feet flat, <laughs> they felt like they flattened out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just like, we were ruined. Uh, I mean, at one point I passed out, like we just sat down. I passed out on the side of the trail. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Stood up. Then we ended up hiking back into camp at like 1am, made the airship 1am, passed out, woke up in the morning and like gave Daryl and Vic like a puppy eyes, like. Because at this point, we have to carry a bull out and our camps, yeah, right? Like, we're yeah. going to have to do two more trips. And they look at us like, okay, we'll go with you. Right. Hiked all the way back in. Ooh. Grabbed the bull and the camps, brought that thing back out. So it took us over two days to get him out. But we got him out. And uh, my body was, it was, we were wrecked for the rest of the hunt. It was, it was pretty epic. Um, I would go back in a heartbeat. Because you guys were there like 10 days. I think we were back there eight, eight days, days. Eight days. Eight days. Yeah, seven Eight nights, nine days, something like that. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, a long, long time. time. Yeah, it was a long time. It might have been nine days, ten nights. I, I don't think it was. I think it was eight days. Um, so we got his bull out, shot his first bull. It was awesome. Got Great. his bull out. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I would do it again. Yeah. I, I owe Kellen a really deep bull at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you feel like it's uh, only, only, you know. I told, I'm told I'm taking a moose hunting at some point. Let me get Oof. a moose like four miles from yeah. the river or something. But, uh what an incredible dude, too. If you ever get a chance to talk to that guy or hang well, out, we that guy would give dude, you this shirt off his back. We were supposed to record, and I feel really bad. It just wasn't able to happen. Like, mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, mean just shout out to Kellen. He's just, same thing with Daryl. Both those guys are just like, dudes who I wouldn't know if I didn't hunt, mm -hmm. and I'm so blessed to have in my life, and someone to like, 
bounce things off of and talk yeah. to and talk me off the cliff of certain things I want to do and mm-hmm. you know bring perspective to some stuff. Yeah. Like such awesome dudes. The knowledge and experience from everyone yeah, is different. I, I mean Kellen is just he's like, you know, mid thirties, but it just such a good hunter, such a better hunter than me, man. Like being around him, he's so methodical in how he hunts. Like it's right. so neat to be around him and learn from him and watch him mm-hmm. do stuff and how he, you know, how he works. He's right. just, this is a really good hunter, man. Isn't that crazy how like you instantly know, like you instantly know when you're hunting with somebody if they're good or not. Oh, like just by like their mannerisms, the way they set up, the way they get behind the glass, the things they say, the way they check the wit. Like you can just tell yeah. when somebody is like in the know. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's awesome. It's super cool. So we get back to camp and we're beat. I mean, Kellen's destroyed, right? He had to carry the antlers out too. Oh, man. <laughs> he's, he's destroyed. And I'm like, all right, Kellen, well now I need to kill something. Yeah. So we're hiking in. So we start hiking back up this other ravine now and we get like a mile up or two miles up and Kellen's just like, dude, like, I can't. This is like, this is not much to back here. Like, let's just go back. Like, right. Like, so I'm like, you know what? All right, let's go back. And he's like, I'm just going to go lay down by the river. Like, I need to just go lay down, take a break. Like, you, I'm like, okay, I'll go hunt by myself. Let's, you go take a break. So this freaking guy is hiking to the river. Like, he's not wearing flip-flops, but he should be wearing flip-flops. Right, right. And the only buck, decent buck on the trip, stands up next to the trail and he shoots it. Like, <laughs> 50 oh, yards in the trail. <laughs> <laughs> two bucks stand up. And now, so now I'm like I'm two miles back from camp. Right. I get the text, like, I killed buck down. You didn't hear him shoot? No, I'm so far back. Yeah. Like we're yeah. at this point, we're three miles apart. So I'm like, okay, well, you gotta hike out. I hope Kellen's yep. <laughs> all the way down. And uh, I never glassed a buck up on that. I glassed those. I never glassed a buck up. I ended right. up seeing another bull. I didn't shoot him. I had it, I had him in the scope, and I just didn't. It was Why far. Not? He was six eighty one, and I probably should have taken the shot. I can make the shot, but I yeah. just I don't know. Ethics played into it. And yeah. Hey man. I just I had him broadside, and I was I was prone, and I. Probably could have took the really? shot. Really? It was perfect. It was perfect. No wind. Like, it's one of those things oh. where I kick myself now, and I know I yeah. can make the shot. Um, But I didn't, and I don't regret it. That's okay. Is what it is. So we packed Kellen's buck out, got him back to camp, and then mm-hmm. we kept hunting. Um, Found that bull, didn't shoot him. Oh, Kellen was with you? We found the bull. Yeah, he was with me. We oh. found the bull. Yeah, and oh, that dude. one was like right by the end. That's the reason I learned, too. That bull was like within a mile of the airstrip. Ah, it's like dude. you don't have to go. Right. Like the thing about the Frank is like you fly in, you're already in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like you think like, oh, I got you have this like San Diego mindset. I got to get away from the road. Mm-hmm. The airstrip's not a road. It's right. just like the middle of nowhere. It's like a gravel bar. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gra- so you can hunt. Like, you don't have to go like ten miles away just yeah. because you can't. And like right. my mind, like I just like oh, I got to go deep. I got to go back country. Right, I got to right. go. And you're already in the back country. You're already there. So that's where I would do it. If I do a good base camp and then spike out few days at a time and mm-hmm. then i can be mobile and change some other spots if i'm not finding stuff right because you guys um, split up you and kellen went yeah one me way, and kellen went daryl and vic went the other way yeah did um, they do it the same way you did they went like eight miles or they yeah just- and they they just sucked like they they ended up seeing a bear like a mile out of camp and not shooting it's like oh, we're gonna see so much like when you go out of state yeah. especially on the frank like your mindset is like we're gonna kill we're gonna fill every tack yeah like this is my mindset every time i go on Listen, i like, agree we're gonna kill like we're not in San Diego anymore. We're gonna just gonna shoot. There's gonna be just deer running to the tip of my rifle. I was right. gonna be pulling the trigger. Yep. You know, they're committing suicide. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that right. <laughs> at all. Um, it was tough, man. Uh, Daryl and Vic had to hike it up, and like all this deadfalls and nightmare. It was hot uh, as balls up there. Yeah, uh, they didn't see a thing. Um, ended up hiking back, and that's when we caught up with them. Um, 
Daryl ended up killing, I, I call it a three by three non typical. Right. But it was probably the smallest three by three non typical you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> he ended up finding him next to the river, right, a couple miles right. from camp. He was fishing yeah. for trout. Was he? And his buck stood up and he's like, I'm, he's got a video. He's like, I'm not going to shoot this deer. I'm not, look at this little, I'm not uh, going to kill this buck. I'm, and then like uh, 20 minutes goes by, this deer does not leave and he's like, boom. Damn, <laughs> I got it. Kills, kills the buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we end up, I mean, it's still, it's awesome, right? So we went up, we went somewhere we'd never been. Mm -hmm. Figured it out. We we ended up as a group killing two bucks mm -hmm. and uh, one bull. Right. And I wouldn't, I would go back and do that same hunt and pack out Kellen's bull and pack out Kellen's deer every day of the week. Like right. that was just an experience that changed my life. Going up there, having no cell phone service. Mm -hmm. um, it was awesome. Like, it's like not not being able to hear all the politics going on. Yeah, it was just, and just being out of the know. Mm -hmm. And it was like mid COVID too, right? So like at this point, everyone still thinks they're killing each other, and everyone's freaking out still. Yeah. Um, it was nice to be away from that and just be like in the middle of the backcountry and not have you know. I, I want to do it. I would do it every year. I was supposed to do it this year, and I got screwed out of my tag in Alaska. Yeah, it worked. Yep. Yeah, dude, tell me this. Like, what do you what do you think? I've always said like you go out of state, and I obviously it's it's. A little unrealistic for me to say, like, oh, everywhere you go out of state, you'll find game, right? Because prime example. But what do you what do you think the reason was? Like, there just it just wasn't wrong time of year. Like, what like what do you think? So it, there's not a lot of bulls in this area, right? Mm -hmm. They don't get big, not a lot of bulls. Thousands on the elk. The deer. I want to go back to the Frank and go back after October twentieth. That's when the rut starts going off up there. That's when it starts getting cold, right? And they start coming out of the woodworks, and there's just bucks everywhere. Now is that, so that but you're hunting in the snow? You're uh, yes, it's cold. So I want to go back and go in there, um, late October, early November, and do that hunt. Is there any burns in there? There is. Yeah, like close to the airstrip because there's multiple. Well, airstrips. there's there's all kinds. I mean, there's airstrips everywhere. Yeah. So Daryl hiked to a burn, but it was just deadfall and a nightmare. Um, mm -hmm. so I would go back, and I I want to go back. I probably would have went next year, but I'm going back to Alaska, hopefully, or going to Alaska next year for the first time. Right. Because uh, it got canceled this year. We can go into that too. Um, and I would go back and hunt just for mule deer and go back and like when the rut's happening because then the bucks are all coming down. And if you right. find those, you're going to find bucks. Uh, if I went back and hunted it again now, I probably would have flew into a higher airstrip, higher elevation. Mm -hmm. Instead of because we were down lower and we tried to hike up. Right. And that's kind of stupid. Like, why not fly it yeah, higher? High, go, going <laughs> yeah. higher and hunt the and tops. Hunt the look tops. Down. Yeah. And so we flew in low. It hiked up, but it's just, you don't know. Dude, like, you don't know, you man. Don't know that's stuff. That's like the, dude, that's where, like, even though, like, for example, you, you didn't find, you didn't fill tags. Didn't mean it wasn't successful for the group. Two of the four guys killed stuff. It's pretty successful. Yeah. It's pretty successful, man. Not only that, you guys, you know, I would say you spent enough time in there to have an idea of what's going on in that area, you know, or you <clears> did <throat> at the time, right? So it's not like you're going in blind again. Maybe you could get to an airstrip within like a, you know, a five mile radius of that airstrip and you'd have a real good idea of what kind of is going on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I feel as if like you can't, like you said, you, by no means are you saying it wasn't worth it or anything, but man, that yeah. that's like a success in my book. You went out, had a good time. Like it's exactly what you expected. You just went home with no tags yeah. filled. And I could tell you right now, like the reason why I love hunting with Kellen and Daryl, we were in the glass from sunrise to sunset every that's day. That's a beautiful thing. And we weren't finding deer. Right. <laughs> you're looking at stuff and you're like, this is the best country I've ever seen. Right. There's no deer here. 
<laughs> it was an elevation thing. It was do. we just were in the wrong spot at the wrong time of year. Yeah. Um, but we killed deer. We had a great time, man. And like I would go back and do that hunt and be unsuccessful every time. Do you? Right? Yeah. I, it's and, more and than I'm going just, to go back. It's more than just pulling the trigger, dude. That's what hunting's all about. That's like why, I, you know, I talk to these guys. Like I'll see them like where we'll have like events or whatever, right? And I'll have a booth and I'll talk to guys. And I, that's the first thing I tell them is like, dude, don't judge your success on tags you fill. Mm-hmm. Like, believe me, man, I've hunted way more than I've ever filled tags. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've gone on way more hunting trips, call it a day or a weekend or whatever, and not filled a tag than I have when I filled tags. But it doesn't mean I'm not a hunter. It doesn't mean that I'm not successful. It yeah. doesn't mean that I'm not able to do it. Yeah, I right? think there's like this unrealistic... Like, there's, like, the same 10 dudes right now in the hunting industry on every podcast mm-hmm. and on every YouTube video, and you're watching yeah. them, and they're killing these giant deer. You're never seeing their misses. You're never seeing their injured right. animals. There's this unrealistic expectation for what hunting should be, mm-hmm. and it's not that, man. Like, no. most dudes are shooting forks. Shoot them. <laughs> most dudes are shooting, Dude. you know, small three-by-threes. You, you know what? I, I would love, like, I'm going to Oregon and it'd be late season mm. for, for elk this year. Uh, it's going to be late season. It's going to be Hell's Canyon, Oregon. Um, one of those units up there, basically boarding Idaho. Same elevation as the Frank Church. So right. same kind of area. Um, taking my partners from Tricer. And uh, I want you to six by a bull. That's my goal, right? I've killed bulls. And, and I told him, like, first legal bull we see, because we only have five days, you're killing it. Right. And he doesn't care. He wants to kill a bull. Yeah. So spike, whatever. I want to get him a, a elk. No matter what, get him a bull. Just get it out of the way. Yeah, and then uh, we do this thing where we split meat, right? So, like, me and Kellen split the meat no matter what. Because we know, like, if like if my partner kills a bull on day three, my hunt's probably over. Yeah, Five-day hunt. I'm probably not going to kill an yeah. elk. Um, and then I, I'm going to hold out for it. My goal is hold out for a six-by bull, right? right? I say that now, and you're going to see me shoot well, a yeah. yeah, Or you'll <laughs> see some dark chocolate five-by-five, you know? Like, you're just going to thump them. So, um but yeah, I mean, real reality is you're probably not going to go out of state and kill a giant, you know, 300 inch bull. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, I would love to do it. I want to kill a 350 bull. I want to yeah. kill, you know, even a 300 inch bull. But that's not reality. Like, and I'm a da- I'm a dad of five. Yeah. Right. I've got a wife and five kids mm-hmm. at home. Like, I'm not going to go spend. I live in San Diego. I'm not going to go spend four weeks a year hunting elk out of state. Like, I'm right. I'm going to get one hunt a year. That's it. Um, and your local stuff, maybe some Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do, my goal is to do elk every year now. Yeah. I, I did hunt elk last year and I regretted it. Like my goal is to hunt elk every year because they're just so fun to hunt. Yeah. Um, And just when you kill them, it's just like this monster on the ground. It's just so cool. Yeah. Like it's like you shoot them and it's just like, what have I done? Like, like you oh, walk up to it no. and it's just like, it's so cool. <laughs> they're, yeah. so, they're so, it's just the sound when you shoot them. Everything about it is just bigger it. and magnet. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, it's like this hollow cavity just... It's like shooting a horse, man. Yep. Just like, <laughs> I will tell you that I really don't care what I'm hunting as long as I'm behind the glass. Yeah. That's my, like, addiction. You know, finding. It's like, where's Waldo, you know? Yeah, I, I The agree. surprise of what you're finding, you know, I love optics. Cool. I mean, so much so that I created a hunting company I know. based, exactly on, based on tripods. Look so, at yeah. that. I'll tell you, man, I, I think it's super cool. I think it is very unrealistic for individuals to go out and be expecting some monstrous animal. Every time you go out or even every year or even every five years, like it just, the the reality is, is we're hunters, right? I'm not an influencer. Are you an influencer? You know what I mean? Do you, do you have a TV show? I don't have a TV show. Like, dude, I'm trying to fill my freezer. I don't care what I shoot. Mm -hmm. Like if it's legal, shoot it. It depends how much, like for me, I love wild game. 
I I mean, I'd shoot. I shoot. I would shoot a spike. Like, there's nothing wrong if I'm trying to fill a freezer, dude. Like, shoot it. I should tell my kids spike story from last year. Yeah, I mean, we killed a spike on accident. It was legal, but I killed on a spike accident. On accident in, in Utah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I just think it's unrealistic. People see stuff, and it's just like you're not seeing. It's not reality. You know, these guys are. Mm-hmm. Especially these guys shooting animals at 800 yards. You know they're gut shooting animals. You're not seeing that on video. No. Right? It's just like, it's just not real. It's what you're seeing on YouTube. It's not. Right. Every, and this whole like uh, size shaming thing that happens now. It's like, don't post it on YouTube. Who cares? Yeah. Go out there. Like if you go out, like anyone who hunts and actually understands hunting, like you have to have respect for going out and killing a buck. Absolutely. You go out and kill a deer. San Diego this year. I don't care how big that is. It's a legal buck. Like, good job, man. Dude. Like, I'm stoked for you. And I'm not going to give you that whole, like, man, he would been a great buck next year. Yeah. Dude, no, he wouldn't. He would have got shot by the next dude. Brandon yeah. would have shot him two ridges over yeah. since he made it there. I'd have whistled at you and said, thanks for letting him go. Yeah. You know? He would have got shot. At least in San Diego, I know it's a Kevin mentality, but don't give out freaking 5,000 tags, right? Yeah. 3,000 well, yeah. D16s and happens. archery and AO mm-hmm. and all this stuff. There's so many muzzleloader tags. Dude, it is like. I, if someone, so there was a guy one time that was like, I'm not going to shoot a fork. Like, well, dude, you are not going to shoot anything then, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, good luck, right? Good luck. But generally, what happens is you jump a bunch of does and there's a year and a half old buck. It's either a fork and horn or a forky. Yep. Shoot them. You know, like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't like, that's, you know, part of the hunting industry is built off of big animals mm-hmm. and it takes away from hunting. Like, listen, I like it. I like watching it. It's cool. But I also under, understand, like, the realities of hunting. I've been at it a little bit of time that I understand that those are more unrealistic goals. Everybody wants to go out of state and shoot a big deer, mm-hmm. right? We all aim for it. Yeah. Like, we all want to. But listen, man, if that thing looks good to you, pull the trigger yeah. or and, let and, that arrow go. And don't get me wrong, too. Like, I like I said, I'm I'm holding out. Like, an Oregon I'm holding out. out. I'm gonna, I want you to big bull. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to go. I don't want you to spike. I want you to big bull. Yeah. Um. You know, I want you to big mule deer, so I'm holding, you know, I'll, I'll hold out for yeah, big mule deer. Yeah. I say, like, I'm I'm not, like, my point is, though, there's no shame in it. No. Like, if you kill something small. Like, my kids, like, my thing with my kids is I want to get them pulling the trigger on animals mm-hmm. and killing animals and having a good experience because kids, they love that. They love yeah. shooting something. So we went to uh, Utah last year. This unit that's supposed to be a zoo. I mean, you hear the stories about this unit. It's the best. There's deer everywhere. Right. We chose like the worst year in history to go to this unit. Like no water. <laughs> it's like it was just horrible. Everyone, this is the I've been hunting here for forty years. I went to high school here and I'm sixty now. There's no deer, Baba. So we ended up uh, driving the truck way back in there, setting up a, a deer camp, putting yeah. my big canvas tent up with the stove, and have my father in law there and the boys. Super nice. So fun, dude. It's yeah. such a good time with my boys. And we just weren't seeing a lot of animals. We were seeing uh, a few bucks. We actually were passing Buck, buck, we ended up shooting. We passed on for a couple of days, right? Because we wanted, like, again, like I want my kids, like you know, if we can find a animal. Let's kill a animal. Mm-hmm. We don't need to shoot the first legal deer that comes out. Like you guys have this tag; it's a good tag. Yeah, way to kill a big buck. But I'll tell you what, like day five of that hunt, like that little buck looked really good. <laughs> yeah, well, you also <laughs> so, don't want to not fill a tag. Yeah, we don't want to not fill the tags. You, you just, it's it's like this balance, right? So we ended up. Uh, it was like 40 mile power winds. Oof. It was gnarly. <laughs> this one, I have a picture. You see how yeah, yeah. picture? Like, my shirt's like sideways. Mm-hmm. It was gnarly. Um, and I ended up glassing up uh, three bucks. Like a decent three by three, uh, a, a small fork, and then what I thought was another fork. Right. Turns out it was a spike. Um, 
So we glass these things up. It was like 2,000 yards away. And I'm like, let's go. You're on the trigger, Isaac. Isaac's my, the, he was 13 at the time. Right. Right. Yeah, 13 last year. Just turned 13. He's, uh, it turns, yeah. So we go over, and the only, we had, the only way to get to these deer would be to go through all this brush, get up next to them, and we just couldn't get closer than 385 was about as close as we're going to get to these deer yeah. from where they were. And there's three bucks that the wind has settled down. It's like 9.30 in the morning, three bucks, like, on the side of this hill, this grassy area. You couldn't ask for a, like, you're teeing it up. It's right. awesome. So I dial him in, and this kid's, a, Isaac's a killer. He's like, he gets an animal in his sights, he's going to kill it. Like, he's just, he's a, he doesn't, he doesn't get buck, get buck fever. Fe- oh, no. My other boy gets buck fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my other boy gets buck fever. Um, but he's a killer, too. He kills stuff just by taking a couple more shots than most people do. <laughs> he gets it done. It happens. He, he's killed two deer. Yeah, he's gonna good. He's going into Mexico in the morning. He's going to kill an antelope this week. We'll get into that in a minute. So anyways, dial eyes again. There's three bucks. You know, the decent three by yeah. fork, and I thought another fork. Learning with kids, you would think that the reaction is shoot the biggest deer. But apparently you have to tell them that. <laughs> so yeah. he so he dials in on this buck, and they're all within like five yards of each other. So he's dialing in 385, and it's boom, thwap, hammers this buck. Boom, things falling down the hill. And I tried to dial my other kid in, and he just couldn't get a shot. Couldn't was, get it, right. It was take, they were taking off. It was like over 500 yards. Yeah. Um, we get up there, and he shot the spike. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not notice when it was rolling down the hill in the glass? No, no, because it was just like, so it was like a boom, thwap. Like, it right. was like a deer Instant. disappeared. Yeah, they it just was go, like, they scattered. Yeah, he was like, uh, like one of those YouTube videos. Yep, right? yep, yep. <laughs> my Isaac is one of those guys. So he just boom, thwap this thing. He's rolling down the hill. And uh, we get up there, and it's a spike. And I've got, like, zero service. And I'm, at this point, panicking, like, oh, my gosh. I've got to call the game warden. I thought this was a fork. I told you they're all legal. This is a spike. You, I don't know if this is legal. Right. I'm freaking out. I mean, you want an honest answer, honest hunting. And so I run to the top of this hill, like, another half mile, get service. Spikes are legal. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, thank God. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm told, I'm like, hey, you know, ethically, we have to call the warden. Like, if this is not legal, we're going to have to call the warden. It's my fault. I told you they were all forks. Right. There was 2,000 yards away when we glassed them up. I thought you were going to shoot the big buck. You shot the, the, <laughs> the spike. Honest mistake. If uh, it but, was illegal, it was honest mistake. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not, But I'm, you're raising up ethical hunters. So if it was illegal, we're going to call the game warden and we're going to give them your deer and we're going to pay whatever fines there are if there are fines we gotta take care we gotta do this right because you don't i don't want to raise poachers i want to raise right no i get ethical people um support to be morally we're christians Mm -hmm. right like we can't we're not liars like i won't like one thing you'll learn about me i'll never lie to you right right Right? i don't want my boys to be the same way i'm not raising hunters i'm raising men correct right i'm I'm out out there in the field not so they can learn how to be killers or rather to learn how to be men and be with their dad like that's that's what i love about hunting it's more than just the killing Mm -hmm. um so bottom line it was legal it was like a nine or ten inch long spike. It was a big spike, right? And right. I can see why it looked like a fork because they're crossing over each other. Um, we joke around that he just didn't develop enough. He was actually three years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, exactly what happened. So Isaac, I mean, I, I didn't pack that deer up. Both my boys, we we they cleaned them, mm-hmm. uh, deboned them. We we do gutless, got them all done up, and they packed that buck out. Um, I don't know, like a mile probably back to the truck, and got him out uh, up and down the hills and. Got him there and killed a buck, man. Went out of state and killed a deer. I saw the pictures. Yeah, it wasn't a monster, but you know what? My kids went out of state. They got it done. They Dude. killed a deer. And those kids, I'll tell you what, man, like, it was freezing balls. I mean, it was yeah. less than 30 degrees, 
blistering. I'm wearing every piece of gear I have. Still cold. Still cold. I mean, just getting the wind. There, wind's like another level, right? Yeah, wind's not fun. There's snow on the ground. Mm. Um, it rained a little bit. It just was a miserable hunt, and those boys endured, and they got up at whatever it is over there. I can't remember where sunrise is. 4 a.m. every yeah. day, and and packed in cold miles and glass for deer, and you know, and endured the suck, endured the not finding animals. Right? I mean, like you 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 tee it up like it's we're going to. We're going to the zoo. We're going to the animal park. We're going to go kill a bunch of bucks. Then you got to actually work for it. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a lot harder than we thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Yep. Um, and and uh, a lot more hunters I thought there was going to be. You know, it's just we were competing with other guys. You guys bumped deer on us. Deer yeah. were going after. And there's more to the story. But they got it done, man. It, it was it was awesome. He killed a buck. And uh, it's hanging up on the wall at home, man. Dude, there's... there's that type of hunting, even out of state, right? That teaches. So your kids, obviously, they fool around out here, right? They chase mm-hmm. deer with you out here. They're behind the glass out here. That type of suck, they can like outside of the cold, right? It's not uncommon for them. No, they're out here. They're glass in San Diego, man. So it's like out there, you probably found deer faster out there than you do here, mm-hmm. flat out. So I mean, they're they're on the right path. You yeah, got, they got smashing it. game already. Yeah, they've got I mean, they've each killed two deer each, killed some pigs. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, th- you have to, like, there's this balance, right? I have five kids. I've learned, like, I try to rush my boys a little bit too early. Right. Putting them behind shotguns and stuff too early. Um, mm-hmm. You want to wait till they're comfortable swinging a gun around before you make them shoot a shotgun and make them gun trigger shy, right, or yeah. recoil shy. Um, but you do want to force them out there and do miserable things. Like, yeah. I make my I make my nine-year-old get out and be cold. Yeah. They can get, you know, they need to have wet feet every once in a while and, and sit in a bl- duck blind with you and endure that. <clears throat> they, don't, they don't know how to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? It's something yeah. we talk about all the time in our house. Um, and that, that transfers over to everything, right? Yeah, it, it does. transfers over to life, transfers over to things mm. aren't going to be easy, right? It, you pack an animal out or you pack into somewhere and mm-hmm. it sucks, it, it, but it's so rewarding. Um, so it's just, there's just good life lessons in hunting, man. That's why it's so frustrating with, you know, Lake California is going after kids, going after that stuff. It's just. Dude, that, they, there's so much more to it than just the gun. I don't even know what the law is. There's that law that just got passed. I can't even remember what it is. The one where it's like you can't advertise fishing Yeah, game something or, like you can't advertise anything with a kid, anything to youth with guns, or anything with pictures of youth with guns. But but this is the so weirdest like, thing. So you can't like, advertise like the turkey tune-up right. for kids. Dude, that's no or more. Or the turkey, the, the Jake's events. It's no more. You cannot advertise it because... It's unsafe. But right. at the same time, let your kid play video games for 12 hours a day and not have mm-hmm. a dad. Yeah. You know, those are the kids shooting up the schools. It's not my boys. My boys are comfortable around a firearm. Dude, it, <laughs> it's... They're as safe as could be. It's pretty wild. Uh, I know the fishing game handbook. Um, I saw, you know, it was like a coincidence to me. It's like, you know, this, this law gets passed and these youth events that are nothing but good for the youth, right, are getting canceled out. But yet, the fish and game handbook for 2022-2023 has kids on it. Yeah, with guns. With guns. Yeah. Like, to me, is like, whoa, that's kind of contradictive, you know? I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it's just a, a shitty thing because there's more to hunting than just pulling the trigger. Like you said, there's so many life lessons involved. It, you know, it just gives you a different aspect of life. It, it allows individuals, even like not even kids, just adults that get into it late in life, right? Like it, it allows individuals to, to be free for half a second, 
and get out of that daily grind. And yeah, it may suck while you're out there, but bro, it's still better than grinding your pick at work all day if you're miserable at your job or you know you, you scraped up enough money to go out of state or enough to go on a long weekend or you know whatever locally it that reprieve from everyday life is is beneficial to everybody you know how like some people lose themselves in books some people love to surf some people love to hike like there's certain things that individuals do to break away from the methodical day-to-day miserable grind, right? If they're not happy with what they do. I mean, there's so many, there's so many benefits to being out in the backcountry or just even, you know, just out chasing deer right off the road, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's weird. It's the thing is, is a hundred years ago, it wasn't weird. 50 years ago, it wasn't weird, right? It's just, we're living in this, like, new experiment of a time where we have freezers and grocery stores. Like, there was no grocery stores. It wasn't weird for your kid to go out and shoot dinner and bring it back. Yeah. Because you had to eat. If you didn't shoot dinner, you wouldn't eat. No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, and and I fully believe, like, there's some of us who were meant to be hunters. Like, there's a part of me that just, like, wants to find an animal and kill it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love hunting and glassing, Mm -hmm. but, like, I love hunting and like finding Dude, that guy and like and then like and like being a predator right and yeah. like going after him and like making my moves and and playing that chess match with the deer and, and then losing him and find the next day and trying it again or figuring right. it out like it's just something about that's something about that that's just like so real and carnal to me like it's just, it's part of me like i have to do well, it oh like look at it this way we're all in theory right we're species right we're we're, we're species there's not another species on earth right that isn't or that doesn't have forward facing eyes right that has canine teeth that doesn't have some sort of predatory instinct in it right that you you be omnivore like you can eat meat and veggies mm-hmm. like there's certain things that separate us and make us predators compared to prey like people are predators from from the get go. Like that is it's in everybody. I just think modern life has suppressed that urge because, you know, if no one's ever been exposed to it their entire life, they don't know any better. Like you don't know any better. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, it's a weird time, man. I don't know, you put a pellet gun well, in my old lady's hand, man, she's pretty sure to pull the trigger. It's a weird time. Like we're we're Tell them little boys they shouldn't hunt. They should wear a dress, right? It's just a weird. I don't know, man. Not my kids, right? <laughs> dude, hunting, hunting is it's rad. Like not dude. my kids. My kids are gonna be out there hunting and doing our stuff, and we're gonna go after it. I mean, there's. It's just incredible. It's something that's a part of my life. It'll always be a part of my it's life. Got, part yeah. of my kids' life. And Absolutely. What I always want to do. I enjoy it. Hunting, hunting is awesome, man. And and it, you know, I mean, I know we all kind of say like it's under attack. Like, what we love to do is under attack, but I don't think it'll ever truly go away. I know that there's individuals out there that would like it to go away, but I don't think it ever will. There's just too many guys and gals that love the outdoors, right? I mean, it's insane, kind of just what's going on with it. I think if everyone could hunt and give it a shot, like with an open mind, it'd be a lot different. Like, we'd be in a lot different place in regards to, you know, in that, like, legislation 
people trying to enact legislation to kind of put this stuff to bed. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of naivety there, too. People just don't understand, right? I think it's important to, to be open and talk to people about it. I think if you have a conversation like this, yeah. people understand more. But I think they don't understand. People think that hunters are just out there, you know, throwing their like cores, light, cores light on the ground, yeah. and just shooting deer, you know, mm-hmm. Bambi. And no. that's not reality, right? Mm-mm. Reality hunting's it's much easier to go to the store. Oh, yeah. Much easier to go buy buy some Listen. tuna and then go fishing. It's much easier I, I mean, it even it boils down to getting up early in the morning. It ain't easy getting up early in the morning. Dude, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day to go to work, okay? The last thing I want to do is get up early and go do something I don't want to do, right? I'm not saying I don't want to hunt, but believe me, man, mid-season, when you're hunting San Diego, God, do I really want to get up? It's not very, It's not easy to get up, dude, to go chase the ghosts in the hills. That's why another one of my tips, backpack in and sleep. Yeah, then or you sleep get more sleep. Hunting. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, for me, like, I would much rather be out there and sleep mm-hmm. and then wake up and hunt than drive. Because anywhere you're hunting in San Diego, you probably got at least a 45-minute drive. Yeah. And you got to pack in, you know, and then... I wish the time never changed. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's at, one, at some point it changes, and you end up getting up at like two in the morning. Yeah, it's bad. Right, it's bad. So if you pack in, you're you're already in your spot. You can wake up, you know, an hour before sunrise and get your spot for a half hour before sunrise. And sit yeah, there. like I, I like to be to my glassing spot at least a half hour before sunrise, mm-hmm. so everything goes back to normal. When you're hiking in the dark, you're bumping things. Yeah, you're making noise. If you if you yourself sit down, but you think about that. If you're you know hiking two or three miles back, you got to start hiking you know two hours before sunrise to get back to your spot. Yeah, so. I, I enjoy uh, sleeping outdoors and yeah, in the dirt. It's part of it, yeah. right? It's all part of it. It um, I feel as if sleep is everything when you're when you're hunting, right? So if you're able to go out and sleep there, sleep where you're hunting, mm-hmm. you're just a better, you're more efficient. Yeah. I don't know. I plus I like I like not being rushed. I like not not being all wadded up and tired and kicking yeah. myself in the teeth for signing up for this and i do naps too right so like my new thing i'm trying it this year um is i took one of those I, i've always done like a butt like a glassing pad like a foam pad mm-hmm. so my new thing this year i took like one of those uh backpacking like the foam the foam pads the cheap ones the yep. accordion i cut one of those in half so there's like 14 sections too. i cut it in half so there's seven sections yep so it's like that's be my glassing pad and then i can lay that out and it's like 40 inches long i could sleep on it too so you nice. take a nap in the middle of the day. So I'm just gonna take try a little nap. Take a little nap. And then you're not, like a lot of times I'm trying to lay against my pack or find yeah. a way. So I'm going to try that this year too. Dude, the key. A little half hour power nap, game changer. I, I agree. <laughs> and the thing the thing that I've realized is um, for me, one of the biggest like uh, motivation zappers is the sun. Right? I mean, I just got through saying the sun takes it out of me. Packing in a lightweight tarp and having glassing shade no matter where you're at. Like, no matter where you're at, because if you're just baking, um, like, I I've, I hunt the ridges and stuff, so you're always in the sun, and the sun is the fastest thing to get me, like, non-motivated and make me want to go home. You know, it's middle of October, it's 85 degrees out, and some people go, oh, that's not bullshit. That ain't nice. You're baking. And um, if you can get shade, and it just allows you to just be more comfortable, and you're able to sit out and be out there because the only way you get it done is to be out there. Doesn't matter where you're at, locally, out of state, whatever. You got to be in the mountains. Plus, the glassing hills, in the middle whatever. of the day is uh, deer out there. Deer Great. don't go away. Like people like, like oh, I like first light. You know, the first couple hours. Yeah, I like first light too. Yeah, 
but I'm still glassing at one or two in the afternoon right. all day long because at some point that deer is going to stand up. That it sun's going to and you'll find them, dude. It, like, you cannot find them by going back to your truck and drinking some beers and going back out at last light. Honestly, I kind of hate last light because last light, it's like, unless you're within mm-hmm. 500 yards of that deer, you're probably not going to kill them. <laughs> you Dude, find it for tomorrow, but. Smashing them in their bed is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, not kidding, man. Like, I, and that generally speaking, it's like at like one o'clock. It happens yeah. all the time. I've seen it done numerous times. You know, it's like you glass all day and you almost wait for noon because you know they're going to get up. Like, you watch them go to bed. You might lose them. You move. You get better angles. You still don't see them. And then it's like noon. They're up and they're moving around, smashing bushes, whatever, you know, and then you watch them bed and you can make a move in on them, yeah. you know, and go get after it. But I, I don't know, they're all different ways, but I can tell you right now that I wouldn't be as successful. I ha- I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the success I have if it wasn't for glassing. Oh yeah. Right. And, and there's been so many times where I'm just like, gosh, this tripod is so heavy, dude. Like that GTP was, or I'm sorry, that, that Vortex GT Pro was just so heavy, dude. And it just whipped. I just, I don't know, man. It's all about lightweight gear. As I age, I'm just like, I need lightweight gear. Yeah. That's you know what's it. funny for me is like I run a 20 ounce tripod and then I carry a nine pound rifle. Well, and that that's crazy too, but there's some things you just can't get away from though. I like it. I just like, there's certain things you're comfortable. You find things you like, right? There's certain yeah. parts, of, there's certain gear that you're going to carry that you're going to make sacrifices for. You can be like, oh, I don't really don't need that. And certain gear you're going to, you know, you're going to say, I need that. I have right. to have it. Or like, I, I carry a pillow. It weighs three ounces. It's a game changer for sleeping. Right. Right. I carry a little bit heavier. I carry an X-Therm pad because I know it's not going to pop. So it's a little bit heavier. I can go to some crazy light pad, but then, you know, issues with popping. It's like, there's certain gear, you know, you make uh, sacrifices for. Yeah. But yeah, the tripod, this thing is a... Uh, it does everything that heavy one does, so why would I ever carry heavy one ever again? Yeah, I, <laughs> I just, I, weight is a killer. And, I mean, even when it comes down to my, but that's the weirdest thing, dude. It's like with, when it comes to my gun or my, my bow, my God, it is what it is. Yeah, big old riser. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah. You know, I mean, my bow, I don't even know what that thing weighs, but it it's more than five pounds. Yeah. I guarantee you that much. You know, I got a front and back bar on it. Like, you know, I... I just, lightweight is key, but like I said, some things it just, I don't know, I like what I like, you know. You just learn, you learn what you like, too. I learn a lot of times, like, there's certain gear that I like that isn't expensive, like, with, like, clothing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, like, the merino wool stuff. Like, I'm not buying First Light and Kuyu. Right. Like, I love, like, the smart wool stuff on Amazon, and there's yeah. Mary wool. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff is just as good, if not better. So you don't have to always buy, like, my favorite gloves. Like, I have some, like, $150 Kuyu mittens. Yeah. I never wear them. My favorite gloves by far are the the wool mittens. They're, they're like, uh, glom- glovets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? glovets, so, yep. Glovets. So they, they, the, 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 it can, you can fold it over your fingers like a, like a mitten, and right. your thumbs your thumb slot, and you can fold it back and have your fingers available. Right. I run those things under 20 degrees all the time. And they're 10 bucks. The <laughs> only thing that, like, I will say when it comes to... Like that high dollar stuff is when it comes down to like the the elements. Like not that it's cold. You can get away from the cold, right? But when you're talking about like rain gear, I don't cheap on that. No, you don't. Like I, you don't want to cheap on your rain gear. Stuff that's going to keep you dry is what you need to make sure you got. But even good stuff. then, too, like uh, like I have Kuyu rain gear. <clears throat> mm-hmm. My kids are running Arc'teryx. 
That's the like a like a like a. Is that the Bass Pro? No, Arcteryx is like a backcountry hiking stuff. Okay. Um, mountaineering gear, right? So there's a lot of gear that's better than the the hunting brands yeah. out there that you can look at. It doesn't have to necessarily be have Kuyu Camo on it. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is what I'll say. Want. I'll tell you right now. Like I've been looking at art. Like um, you know, it's hunt. It's getting hunting season right now. So like, if you've been getting brochures and catalogs. The best stuff, the best bang for your buck, if you want to have the genre of hunting clothing or hunting gear, right, is Bass Pro Arcabellas. Yep. Dude, like, you don't need a, fu- I mean, listen, if you have that expendable income and you have the money, yeah, sure, buy all the good shit you want. Go for it. Buy it all. It, 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 I mean, it's great stuff, right? It's good stuff. But, man, you don't need a $500 pair of Krispies. You don't. Go buy, literally, go buy a $109 pair of Summits that Bass Pro sells. They're waterproof, man. They got insulation in them. I'm over here. You guys can't see my face right now. I'm like, I know. I'm, well, I'm, I'm looking at your band like, you're wrong. Dude, no. Well, listen, dude. Listen. I, I ain't kidding you. Well, then the average dude. I have bad dude, feet, though. I can't find well, a good boot. And then that's the thing. Like, the average dude that isn't going to go backpack for 10 days in the Frank Church. Yeah. This is all they. This is all they need to go stomp around San Diego backcountry. My favorite pair of boots need. were a pair of Irish Setters. They don't make anymore. They were from Cabela's. I love sure. those boots, and they don't make them anymore. I blew through two pairs of them. And I haven't found. A, I stuff. haven't found a pair since that I've liked. And I, I'm really liking these kind of tracks. Right. Well, I'll tell you this much too. Like, if you have the money for boots, buy good boots. Like, buy the name brand stuff. Right. Buy them. You're either gonna like them, like you'll love them, or you won't. And you won't, hey, it is what it is, right? You'll learn your lesson and you'll find something that you like. I know that up until I was able to get a set of Krispies, I'd always just ran Bass Pro boots and they did me fine. Yep. They were great. Waterproof. It kept me warm. Like good, good, solid boots, man. Yep. A- anyways, I like plain plain colors now. I don't even care about camo anymore. So best best pants out there, bang for your buck, Prana Zions. That's exactly it. Amazon, the, dude. A, Amazon, 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. I have like three pairs of these pants. Dude. I have run on the same pants now for like four or five seasons. By far the best pants yep. out there. And they're 80 bucks. You can get them on sale for 60 bucks sometimes. Prana Zions. I can say the one high-end gear that I recommend is the Kuyu Zip-Off pants. Zip-Off base layers. Mm-hmm. Those are game-changing when you could, uh, and I have a pair of, I run the, um, whatever their synthetic line is. It's not the Marina Wool kind of brand. But, um, I can't remember what they call it. I have a pair of light ones and a pair of thick ones. Right. Man, when you could just drop your pants and then unzip your base layers and put them back in your pack. It's pretty quick. It changes your life. Right. Oh, it's like your buddies, like, you don't, you don't have them? No, I don't. Oh, dude, you got to get them. So, like, I'll, I'll go hunting, and, like, you'll be over there, like, taking your boots off. Yeah. And, or you'll just be sweating because you're, you, you just don't sweat. Want, you don't you even just want to take, take them off. Yep. And I'm just like, like, the look you'll give me when I'm just like, oh, pfft, 30 seconds, gone. I'm done, and I'm hiking again. And I get to my glasses on, I put them back on. Right. That's a uh, good thing. I mean, I, I could see that. That's a piece of gear. And, but this stuff, too, keep in mind, like, I didn't buy all this stuff overnight. No. Like, it's like, now it's been, you know, eight seasons of just dude. adding gear that I like and get rid yeah. of stuff. And, like, I kind of know what I want. And I realized, like, I don't have to have, like, a full Kuyu kit. Like, I don't need, I don't need camouflage underwear. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, I like my socks. Um, they're expensive. I like the uh, Darn Tough socks. 25 bucks. Okay. But I run two pairs of them, right? I buy the blue ones. Oh, my kids can't steal them. Mm-hmm. I know, in the, know where my socks are. Right. Uh, I love the Darn Toughs, uh, the Marina Wool socks. Those things right. are, like, if you're going to run, you need to run cheap boots, run good socks. They, they make a difference. Um. 
I love the Kuzipovs. I love the Pronazions. There's a um, ton of good stuff out there. I dude. run uh, my favorite shirt is a Smart Wool 150 um, T-shirt, and I think they're like probably 70 or 80 bucks. But where Ikuyu one's gonna be 120, right? right? Sitka's gonna be 150. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get them on sale. So I actually got a this kind. This sounds kind of lame. Um, I got a, a black tie-dye one <laughs> right. at Christmas for like 19.99. I bought that. Right. And I don't care. I'm just gonna run that shirt. Yeah. So I have one medium one now, one large uh, black tie dye one. So, uh, but that's a Dude. that's a piece of gear that I love. I love uh, like a two fifty merino zip, um, like quarter zip on top of that. Yeah. And then uh, a pullover and a puffy. The so puffies like my, are important. The puffy. I always have a puffy in my pack. Maybe not in San Diego. Not here. Um, yeah. I, I like a good pullover, uh, a good like zip up jacket to go over the what the the two fifty merino. But with those four base layers, right? So you got your your shirt, your long sleeve, your your quarter zip, your quarter zip, your, quarter your, zip quarter. your your full zip, and then like a puffy. You yeah. can go anywhere. I mean, you, you you can go to any temperature and deal with it. You're pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. And the puffy's great because uh, if it's cold, it's just gonna add insulin, and they weigh nothing. I mean, yeah, twelve ounces or something like that. Super super light. Throw that in your pack. Um, just make sure it's packable. But it doesn't have to be Kuyu either. I, mean, I, I bought the Kuyu one. They got on sale or something. Right. Another. Cool tip is eBay. Yeah. I buy so much. This this freaking sleeping bag on eBay for $150, bucks, 300 sleeping bag. It, listen, it, it gets expensive. It does. I mean, these are, you're saying like, oh, 60 bucks, 80 bucks. That stuff's all great. It's still expensive. Oh, yeah. You know, it adds up, but you have to look at it as like, if you're buying this kind of stuff, this it's because this is what you do. Yeah. Like, this is what, this is your passion, your hobby, your, your exit. This is what you do, right? So yeah. if you're fishing, if you're into fishing, I go buy yourself a Grady White. Oh, dude. Go buy yourself a Parker. See how much money you spend. Go buy yourself an Abbott Reel. There you go. I mean, dude, go <laughs> go go on you're a three-day. You're three or four grand dude. into a tuna rod now. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you're into fishing, ocean fishing, you're going on a couple overnighters. I mean, dude, that's a thousand bucks right there. Like, there's certain yeah. things. It's just you can't look at the price of it. If this is what you do, you slowly chip away at it. This is yeah. what you spend. Your yeah. go-to caliber, dude, gun-wise. Let's go-to hear it. caliber? It's going to be a debate. Oh, dude. So right now, um, I'm running 280 Ackley Improved. I'm mm-hmm. love so seven millimeter. Mm-hmm. I love the seven millimeter. That's an awesome caliber. It just shoots uh, very efficiently. Yeah. Um, That's what you took to the Frank Church. Took the Frank, yeah. Seven Rem Mag. I mean, that, the, any kind of seven millimeter. My go-to caliber for the boys, 308, shooting a 168 TTSX. So we went from the 243s. They shoot my 260. I, I have a 260, which is basically a Creedmoor, but for fancy people. Right. Um, it was a Creedmoor before Creedmoor was popular. <laughs> Creedmoor's great. It's Creedmoor's great. It's a phenomenal deer cartridge. It's awesome. I'd shoot anything. Phenomenal with it. antelope cartridge. Dude, listen, <laughs> dude, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I, by no means am I going to sit here and say a Creedmoor is a, you know, the best ever out there and best yeah. for anything out there. But nobody could sit here and tell me, look me in the face and tell me, oh, don't shoot that deer with that. Oh no, it's a phenomenal deer cartridge. Yeah, it's like, pheno- there's I mean, people that say it's not. Oh, that's ridiculous. And no, that's what a, I say. What are you I, talking I've about? I've killed 15 animals with a 127-grain LRX. I mean, at Dude, least, maybe more. Listen. And it's, it's, it's basically a cream more. It's a phenomenal cartridge. It's just not, um, it's not going to buck the wind like a 7-millimeter or a 308. Um, I mean, distance is everything, though. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, like, I have guns that are capable of shooting 1,200 yards, but I don't really like shooting past 450, 500. Once you get past 400 yards... Things start going bad, man. I have I build deer targets, right? I'll bring them mm-hmm. to the desert and put them out 600 yards. 
people are gut shooting the hell yeah. out of it. And they're like, oh, I'll shoot a deer at 700 yards. Well, let's go try to shoot this target. Yeah, shoot that thing. And it's 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 much harder. Mm-hmm. Things can go wrong. A little flinch, right? So Everything. Say, say you've got a, whatever, let's call it a, a one MOA gun, mm-hmm. right? Average dude shooting one MOA gun. At 400 yards. It's four inches, man. It's four inches, eight inch circle. Yeah. At 600 yards, it's a 12 inch circle. Now you're off the deer. You're shooting in the spine. You're shooting Correct. in the guts. It's just, it's, that's far. So it a lot is. of the guys want to put a CDS on their scope and go do it. But, um, so go to for me right now, I like the 280, seven mil shooting 175 grain, uh, elite hunter. It's just a fun shooting gun. It's not too much recoil. It's not a magnum. I'm kind of a puss. I don't like, right. uh, I don't like shooting the big magnums. Um, I love my, like, San Diego. I love shooting, or even deer, just shoot my 260. Right. Shooting 124 grain hammer. I love, Perfect. I love, uh, I shot the LRXs forever, but somehow I got talking to shooting the hammers, uh, dude, not shooting I, the hammers. I, I smashed that LRX, that 127 grain. That's what I love. It shoots great. I, I'm all, so, like I said, distance is everything for me, right? Know what you're shooting and know your distance. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like, ideally, I would like to shoot everything with my Creedmoor 200 yards or less. I, I mean, I would, yeah. I'd smash an elk at 200 yards with my Creedmoor all day. All day. There's no one that could tell me, sit here and say, oh, that elk isn't going to die. You smash it at 200 yards. Depends on where it's quartering. But yeah. See, quartering away, quartering to you. Dude, the shoulders 200, that thing's flying. Dude, I, I don't sh- want to cuss. I, 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 I feel like I want to cuss. I shot, a bull, cuss. I shot a bull with 127 grain LRX at 100 yards five times before he died. Yeah, well, you wanted it to drop right there. I did. Well, we <laughs> all want him to drop. <laughs> dude, dude. And I've shot and I've shot him with, with 180 grain three uh Wisms, and it's just a different story. It's just uh, a different okay. hole. It's a bigger. It's a bigger it. bullet. I get it. I'm. I'm yeah. not going to say you're not going to cause more damage with a bigger yeah. bullet, but I'm going to tell you right now, dudes shoot trophy class elk every year with a pointy stick. hundred percent, dude. 100%. And 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 yeah, they don't see them drop right there, but that elk is still. Gonna and there's die. a lot of elk running around with arrows well, and yeah. injured. But there's a lot of elk <laughs> that go around with gut shot. 308 or oh, 30 caliber an, holes through them I because they shoot agree. them at 700 yards. You shoot an elk, you shoot an elk with a 300 wind mag in a bad spot. It's and you shoot them with a, in a good spot through with a cream mart. Way better. Um, just not my. It's just when I'm saying it, it's not my choice. Like I, if I were to go, if I'm going to elk, I'm bringing seven millimeter. Oh, yeah. or some okay. kind of 300 Ma- caliber rifle. Absolutely makes sense. Um, what if you don't though? What if you don't have that? Bring your bring whatever you got. Bring whatever you, you have. You a Bring it. That's what I'm saying. There's dudes that are like, I mean, look at the forum right now. People are arguing about, like, what's the best caliber to shoot what. Nothing cares what they get shot with. If you're an ethical hunter and you know your limits, dude, you're telling me at 200 yards, bro, with 200, you can't shoot this beer can right here at 200 yards? Yeah, but if he's quartering to you and you're hitting Uh, that shoulder, that's where you have If he's quartering to you. Wait till he gets a good shot. Get a good shot. Wait till he gets a good shot. That's my point. Is You... You put a three hundred wind mag scoring to you, you're gonna get through. You're gonna get this stuff. But you with a, you just it's not the ideal caliber for me for elk hunting. Right. I've I've shot sheep four hundred fifty yards with it. Right. I've shot deer four twenty seven yards with it. It's it's a phenomenal cartridge. So my my thought is this, dude. Like, I have never smashed an elk with a rifle. Okay. 
But people are bombing arrows into shoulders of elk at 40 yards, and they're dying. Mm -hmm. Okay? There's no way an LRX at 127 grains, right, flying at 2,800 feet per second isn't going to blow through that shoulder, get into those lungs or heart, wherever, and not do enough damage to put that thing down. I'm not saying... I'm just saying, like, if you shoot it correctly at 200 yards, I'm not saying shoot it at a 450 or 600. That's not what I'm saying, man. I'm saying a small caliber, 6.5 Creedmoor at 200 yards, because that's where, like, my limit pretty much is. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to, dude, you're going to kill it. I switched my boys over to 308s, shooting 168 grain bullets for everything. TTSXs. It's a great round. Uh, it's a phenomenal round. They've been killing stuff with it. They're going, you can kill everything. You can kill elk with it. You can mm -hmm. kill pig with it. My kid's going to New Mexico tomorrow. He's going to kill an antelope with it this week. Yeah. You see pictures on the Tricer Instagram? TricerUSA.com or TricerUSA. <laughs> Get on Instagram. <laughs> Follow on me it. on the gram. Follow him. Um, I, uh, listen, so I agree. It's good caliber. What switched boys, the boys, the, the 308s, they're shooting 243s. And I love 243. That's a fun caliber. Like, yeah. if you had to pick my, what's your, like, most, my favorite caliber for shooting for fun is two forty three. Okay, eighty grain TTSX, super fun round to shoot. shoot. Um, my boy shot. We we're uh, up at hunt with Neil, a giant sequoia. He shot a probably three hundred pound boar. Just behind the ribs, big old hole. Mm -hmm. Blast him on the road. Whap. Pig keeps going. Shoots him in the kneecap. Kneecaps him because now he's running. So he shoots him. Well, warned him. Right. Shoots him in the kneecap. Thing's spinning. Goes down. Gets up. Goes over the hill. Uh, Neil goes, hey, I'm going to go get him with my dog. I'm going to go up there because he's, de he's dead. He hammered. Right. Any, any other caliber, if you shoot a 308, this pig would have been dead where it was shot. Right. They're just tough animals. Mm -hmm. Same thing with elk. Neil goes, I'm going to go up there. We're going to run the dog on. It's good training. He's dead up there. We'll go, we'll go get him. Meet, drive around the truck the other side of this thing, and I'll meet you over there. We'll hike up there and pull the pick down. Right. So Neil's going up. I'm pulling the truck around. I got my kid and one of my buddies in the car, uh, Morgan 1776, on the site. And uh, sure enough, here's this pig just hobbling. I mean, just pissed off, walking. I mean, slowly. Just pissed. Just pissed off. He crosses the little dirt trail we're on, on the mm -hmm. truck, into the street, so I pull up and I'm like, "Okay, we got you. Got to shoot him again, Drew, because he wants to kill him." At this point, Drew's 12. He's yeah, a little boy, um, shooting a little like 18 inch barrel, 243. I get him out of the truck. This pig comes back, mm. gets in the gets in the street facing us, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> 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 like this pig looks at me. It's like dirty, hairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stare down. Morgan jumps on the truck, just abandons us. No shrivel at all. That's my kid die. He doesn't even care. He's just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. I take Drew, and this pig's now, he's coming. He's coming right at me. This pig's like, I'm going to, I'm going out, and I'm going out in a blaze of glory. I'm going to eat you. I take Drew, throw Drew behind the truck. Morgan's on top of the truck. I've got, I don't want to shoot his pig in the head because I want him to be able yeah, to yeah. mount it. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's going through my mind. I got him in the scope. Me to you, four feet. Pull up, shoot him down the spine. Put a V shape, like I don't know. You canoe him, canoe him down his back. That guy's enough to stumble. He runs within inches. I mean, the, the tusks on this pig are massive. Right, inches at me. I turn around and put one right in his heart, right next to me. He dies. Right. His shot 
from his little 243 left like a two-inch hole in this pig. Mm-hmm. It didn't kill it. It's just so tough. And after that moment, I was like, I will never have them for pig, elk, right. or anything shoot a light caliber round. Because like I've just seen it like in person, like seeing the difference between shooting them with a 200-grain bullet and shooting them with an 80-grain bullet. Right. It's just not, it doesn't have that, it's like, go drive a freight, you know, a, a train into a, a car, and then go drive a Prius into a car. Right. Like, you're going to, it's just that, the Prius, thump, Prius is going sure. 100 miles per hour, train's going 30, train's going to screw that car up. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's the difference, is just that, Dude. that frontal mass, and that's that's where I am with the caliber stuff. And it's, you can shoot a Creedmoor all day long. I, I think it's a phenomenal cartridge. Like, if my wife got around, I might let her shoot a Creedmoor. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is all I can say. I, I haven't even told this story on the on the podcast before. The first deer I ever shot, okay, the first deer I ever shot, I thought I shot it with a 300 Ultra, shot it seven fucking times. <laughs> right through it. Dude. Dude. And, I mean, this is a big caliber, okay? Yeah. Like, my I was buck fevered out. Probably wasn't the best situation, right? And I get this, like, there's a lot of things that play into it, but there was a lot of rounds that went into that deer, and it wasn't at 600 yards, dude. It was in less than 200 <laughs> yards, okay? It just was not a good situation. The deer took a lot. It's big old Idaho mule deer, okay? It took a lot. I'm not going to lie. But I also, in January, shot a 220-pound sow with my Creedmoor broadside right in the shoulder with a 127, dropped her in her track. She was dead by the time I walked up to her. Yep. Went in, came out her neck, and thing day. It was Dropped her stunt, bam, right in the shoulder. Killed her right there. Didn't even move. Yep. I'm just saying that I I agree that bigger calibers do more damage. Because believe me, that deer that I shot seven times was hamburgered. Like, I mean, <laughs> dude, it, it blew it. Yes. I mean, that's that's it is what it is. Yep. I just think responsible shots are, are key, yep. period. You know what I mean? I mean, key. It, it is what it is. Now, I also think that an ideal shot would be quartering away. And if you can send it straight up, you know, get it into those vitals, and hopefully you punch straight through, you get it all, right? And it's 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 a good thing. You're not always faced with those situations. But, dude, a 243 is awesome. I like yeah. it. I like the 243, man. You, I, pull your boy, mine that out, I pull mine out. Badass. I pull mine out on jerseys, and it's fun. And it's a great shooting gun. You know, um, I pulled the 260 out. The deer season, I'm pulling the 260 out. I'm gonna shoot that. Dude, I'm, I'm, I don't have a deer tag this year. Right. Anywhere, I have a muzzleloader tag in San Diego. Get a D15 tag. I have a muzzleloader tag. I, I could get D15. I don't know. I'm going. I, and I'm that's a whole Oregon. thing too, dude. Muzzleloaders. I mean, those things are rad. It's just mass. It's just <laughs> they're not going very fast. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, dude. There's there's argument with that too. I shouldn't talk about that on the podcast. I don't even want to catch on to that. Yeah, that we'll, muzzleloader we'll, tag. <laughs> we'll leave that one out. Yeah, you know that's a, fun, that's a cool tag. I'll be <laughs> hunting, I'll be hunting while you guys are unwrapping presents with your kids. I know, dude. Yeah, it's not a very long season. It's like yeah, two weeks. End of the year. I think it's Diego. seven days, ain't it? I think it's maybe. It, I think it's two week, ten days. I think it's more. I think it's like the last two weeks of December. Right. Um, and you can shoot any deer. You shoot a doe or a buck. yeah, it's either sex. And uh, so I'm excited for that tag. I'm excited to back back in, probably do it by mm-hmm. myself a couple times. And just yeah, it'll be, be fun. Alone. It's nice to go hunting by yourself for once right. in a while and just get away from everything. Right. Dude, well, listen, man, we've been going for an hour and a half. It's been good to catch up on the podcast. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know we did this, you know, a couple of years ago, but. We should. We keep saying we should do it more, but we just don't. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, I live up north and you live down south, but now that your office is up here, it actually works out great. Yep. You know? Dude, I appreciate it coming on again. 
Yeah, come buy my stuff. Yeah, come on, guys. We didn't even talk about the TP adapter. So we didn't. That's coming out too. We got a TP adapter for your trekking poles for on a TP. Mm-hmm. Got the trekking poles coming out. Got the bino adapter out. Forty five bucks for a bino adapter right now. Yeah, listen, guys. If anything, that's that's what <laughs> you guys should be buying. You know, uh, obviously buy all the products, but the bino adapter is forty five bucks, and it's a one stop shop, and you get two studs in it. Yeah, this same setup would be one hundred forty bucks from some of my competitors all day, and you're buying having to buy four or five different items to get it together and i yeah. got it all in one box it's ready to rock show up to your house support a local dude yeah buy my stuff listen guys I'll, I'll be honest with you if you're looking to save weight in your packs you're gonna go in deep or you just want cool gear that's lightweight tricer usa yep you good dude promo code r2r oh yeah if you guys want to save 15 percent, 15 percent promo code promo code r2r at checkout and um get yourself a discount Get yourself some badass gear, lightweight, and uh, support a local guy. Yep. Appreciate it, dude. Later, man. We're out of here. Oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on. That was stupid. Mm-hmm.